0: welcome to episode 203 of the grip strip podcast uh yeah Hingo! out of the playoffs uh edition of the grip strip podcast my name is philip matthew i'm your host i'm with my co-host the iRacing indy 500 champion computer genius a gentleman and a scholar and he raced in the u.s 500 and got his face in uh, on the show itself his name is joshua fine what's going on brother <laughs>
1: yes, uh the Cowboys lost. Uh but yeah, I did race in the uh uh US five hundred uh on iRacing this past weekend, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh good good racing here. Good to be back on IndyCar in the uh, officially uh in uh iRacing competition. So uh glad uh to participate in that. Uh and yes, my face was on there. Uh but of course the playoffs this uh past weekend of course uh a lot of surprising results. Uh, here but um, you know I think the obviously the Cowboys losing producing the uh, most uh, hilarious content of course uh, with uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, mocking the Cowboys as usual and of course he's on a big week anyways but um, um, yeah this uh, playoffs here is pretty interesting and of course right now we've got the Bucks up 13 nothing over the Philadelphia Eagles and they may fire their coach after this if they lose so um, this one's pretty interesting to watch and see how that plays out.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's you got Philly. Well, he just made that big pass and he might go to the house. Oh, man, that tackle was huge. Um, Devontae Smith got and ran a post, a skinny post, and got around the corner there. Um, but we're going to talk about all the games so far and including this game that's going on right now, Super Wildcard Weekend. Um, we'll also talk about coaching news executives uh not really as much stories on the executives i think all the ones that were gone are going to go are gone uh maybe i mean who knows but uh we'll get into all that we'll go and update everyone on the chili bowl what took place in tulsa uh last weekend dakar rallies in the second week uh super motocross ran in the muck in san francisco um Formula E started their 2024 season in Mexico City at uh, uh, Hermanos Rodriguez Circuit. You know, talk about SRX ending up being uh, postponed and probably done. IROC, though, is coming back with uh, Ray Everham, uh who was involved in SRX on the front end of it. And then Rob Kaufman, who's... For whatever reason, save Michael Waltrip racing, and then now, and then was is the reason why freaking uh charters exist for good or for bad um we'll uh talk about the roar before the twenty four that'll be coming up this weekend, which will um they'll be having practices and I think qualifying uh to determine they'll be determining certain positioning for uh the rolex twenty four at Daytona. We'll talk about all those. Uh, we will, and uh, any other key news items, we'll talk about the divisional round. Three of the four games have been determined. Uh, the 49ers will come off their bye week and play on Saturday night. The Baltimore Ravens will be playing on Saturday afternoon to start the divisional round. And then uh, we'll get into uh, the other matchups accordingly. We'll make our picks. I think I did pretty good uh picks wise uh so far this uh outside of the Detroit game. I, I didn't pick that one but yeah. uh I picked uh Houston and yeah. I picked I went chalk on the AFC side and I went for the lower seeds in the NFC side and uh Dallas won and um or at least for Dallas and mean. or Green Bay won against Dallas and then uh, I had picked uh, the Rams, but they um, they ended up uh, losing close game to Detroit, and now we have Philly and um, Tampa. I think I picked Tampa. He picked Tampa. I yeah. I actually picked Philly. I might be wrong yeah. here, um, but
1: we both picked Cleveland, and I I said Cleveland would go to the Super Bowl, and obviously that that uh, prediction went up in smoke uh, there, and then. Uh we both picked Buffalo. Um and I picked Green Bay and you had Dallas. So um actually so Did far. I, have on, Dallas? Yeah, on, I thought like,
0: I picked Green Bay.
1: No, you uh
0: it's not what you wrote here. Oh <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess where oh NFL Josh, you picked Cleveland over Houston. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Because you and Green Bay, I picked the other way. Oh well. Um Kansas City, all right. Yeah, so got two. Uh I was wrong there. Yeah, so yeah, my picks went about as, so I thought I did better than I did. Oh well, whatever. Um, we'll talk about all that, and we'll make our picks for the divisional round. Josh will let us know all things going on in the world of iRacing and gaming in his sim segment, and we'll call it a day. Um, let's start, though, with Super Wildcard Weekend. Start with that Cleveland and Houston matchup. Houston in their usual 430 spot on Saturday in the wild card round but it was cj stroud's first uh career start in the playoffs uh and he uh did work all day and um, the houston defense made joe flacco pay i guess joe flacco decided to become joe flacco again and um, through two pick sixes and uh that was essentially it you know cj stroud played really really well of course and that team and general the crowd was lively the energy was there but stroud got the got them going and uh, the defense went and put them away and really that that was it i mean the cleveland defense is the number one defense in the nfl but they didn't show up on saturday um you can make the argument that because of how flacco played that affected it but i mean they, they it was a shootout early in the game i think it was 14 all um they were trading trading touchdowns early and then um the kind of the game turned on Cleveland turnovers. So uh, surprising considering how Cleveland had been playing leading into the playoffs, adding the fact that Houston had to had to back in, so to speak, to get into the playoffs after all the carnage that went on in the AFC South. Um but D'Amico Ryan's had his crew ready. C.J. Stroud was ready for the big time, um, proving once again that with NFL and um, scouting and in terms of player uh, evaluations, probably are just a bit overrated with some of the things they use. Um, and I bet you the Carolina Panthers wish that they had drafted C.J. Stroud. Um but and then also Will Anderson actually made a couple of plays there as well. So um the number two and number three overall picks in the NFL draft made a difference in that playoff game. Well um did you see anything else, anything that really stood out to you out of that game, um, other than Cleveland just kind of going and melting down after the in the second quarter on? Well, I mean I think you know that really the
1: um kind of the start of that meltdown was the uh browns giving up that touchdown uh in the second quarter um that long touchdown that the texans scored uh i think that was the start of the meltdown there uh, of course uh larry mintunzel uh just body bagged uh miles garrett throughout that game and he you know, definitely definitely put him put him in a box there and never never let him affect the game you know miles garrett's been a game record this year um kind of one of the favorites for uh, defensive player of the year. Uh but you know unable to go and lock that up uh for uh, uh for Cleveland there. And uh it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, how Houston does in the playoff, you know, they're gonna go up against Baltimore who they lost uh to in week one. So um kind of a circle round of the season, if you will, uh, for both of those teams now, with one both of them playing extremely well, uh especially for the Texans and everything. And um obviously the score, you know, factors in with uh what um Joe Flacco giving up uh you know fourteen points to the um the Texans there. You know, you just can't do that in the playoffs. Uh the first one, you know, uh they really just had to make the tackle uh, which they failed to do on pick six, and plus pressure really affected uh, Flacco on that throw. Uh, and then the second pick just t- completely telegraphed it, going for it on fourth down and threw it right to the linebacker who went and took it to the house. So, uh, you know, once that happened, game over, uh, of course, and the Texans um, go on to the second round. Browns stay home. And, you know, I think for me, I guess making that pick with Cleveland, you know, was really leaning into the you know, defense uh, being the number one seed are the number 1 I thought they could have been the number 1 seed but um the uh number 1 overall defense in the NFL this season but of course when you take them out of Cleveland um they performed pretty poorly uh on the road so maybe i forgot to factor that in of course, uh, wanted to see Joe Flacco, you an elite quarterback uh, in his heyday. Uh, wanted to see him go out and take them to the Super Bowl uh, because that was, in my mind, the only way that uh, this season could end. Uh, when, you know, one of the ugliest seasons that we've seen yet. And, um, you know, what better way than, um, you know, one of the more uglier quarterbacks in the league in terms of his play over his career and, uh, you know, the ugliest team in terms of the aesthetic with their uniform uh, and their history generally. Uh, there, uh, in that city too. So, um, you know, just, uh, wanted to, wanted to see that just to make a fitting ending, but of course uh, that's not gonna happen, which is okay. Uh, we'll see now Baltimore or San Francisco more than likely. Uh, but yeah, that was definitely a you know, interesting game in the first half and then just got away uh, from them. Uh, the Browns and Texans in the, uh, second half of the game.
0: Yeah. Just as, uh, Baker got hit and he's kind of, he had a, he had a shot there that was, I think it was, is that Godwin? Yeah, or no, that was Kale Otten, or Kate Otten. And, and oh, man, it was wide open. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd also pick Cleveland. Uh, and in the end, they didn't perform. They weren't ready for that game, I guess. Or they weren't ready to stay with Houston in a shootout, which, to be fair, is not that surprising because Cleveland – Was more of a running and they were more of a ball controlled team, utilizing their defense to kind of take the go and get the other team out of their game. But CJ Stroud said no way. And um, he gets uh, his gift for that is to go to Baltimore on Saturday afternoon and try to beat the presumptive MVP, Lamar Jackson, and the Baltimore Ravens, the number one seed in the AFC. The second game uh was the uh, um it was a Kansas City Miami game. I mean there really wasn't much of anything there. My it was cold as hell. Um Taylor Swift was wearing a Christian used jacket. Uh Kermit the Frog did whatever he had to do. Um Isaiah Pacheco looked like a freaking Mack truck the whole night and um Miami didn't put up a fight. He, the the term finesse or finesse team really fits what that game was in a in a nutshell for Miami. They really couldn't handle you know, the defensive pressure from the Kansas City defense. That's the better side of the ball. And it's hard. It's weird to say when you're talking about Kermit the Frog and Kelsey and all that. But Rashe Rice, their only wide receiver of value, uh, made a few big plays there too. So they did what they had to do and, um, there was a chance that they were going to continue to stay at home, uh, if if the games had went a certain way, but, I mean, I don't think it was that surprising. I think of all the matchups that were there, I think the most likely scenario was, oh, man, come on, um, most likely scenario, uh, took place there when it comes to, oh, no, that's not good, and you've got to walk it out, but, um, yeah, you know, Kermit in Kansas City gets the victory. Um I mean Tua didn't really have much of anything the whole night. Tyreek Hill made the one big play for a touchdown, uh, but it just didn't the running game was never really able to get established, and you have all those guys, former 49ers like Mostert, who scored so many touchdowns this year, Jeff Wilson Jr., A-chan really just wasn't His usual self. It just seemed like Miami was a step behind the whole night, both on offense and defense. Vic Fangio's defensive play calls were not really good, or or the right ones at the at the time necessary times. So unfortunate for Mike McDaniel and uh, Miami, but uh, they go home to defrost, and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs continue. Um, I mean, that game was we talked about it. Last week, I don't think it was all that surprising. But um, I do. I will say this, though. The Rashi Rice uh, being, you know, existing there is key. Uh, I don't know about you, but, oh, man, another try to pick. Same second time he's done that. Um, Cunningham almost picked that ball off. Um, but I think Rashi Rice is going to be huge here for the Chiefs uh whatever for as long as they are around uh in this playoff. He uh if if he isn't open, he does Mahomes doesn't have anybody else on the wide receiver side to throw to. And Kelsey for whatever reason has regressed this year. I mean, yeah, he's an all pro because of his name. Uh but he wasn't an all pro for a good part of the end part of the season there. And they need him because they need Rashi Rice because that's one of the only ways they're going to keep uh, Travis Kelsey open or give him the opportunities to be open. But uh, what else did you see or was in terms of that game, Josh? Yeah. You make that
1: observation about rice and yeah, he definitely um, after kind of most of the season where, you know, he uh, didn't have uh, a lot of good play, had a lot of drops and stuff throughout the year. You know, one of the problems with the chiefs this year, but um, you know he was able to convert um, a lot of those throws that uh, Patrick Mahomes was uh, throwing to him, and really the only wide receiver that they had that was consistently making plays. You saw there was a play uh, where Mahomes, I think he was, you know, MVS down the uh, the middle um, that split the defense and had a chance, but he gave up. Uh, and it was I think it ended up being a penalty, but he gave up on a deep ball um, that was just right in front of him um, that I think probably would have stood if he had you know, laid out for the catch, but, um, um, yeah, Rice had a good game. I think one thing you had to say about Mahomes is, yeah, they didn't really have a lot of, I mean, I think because of their wide receiver situation, um, they didn't really have a lot of, uh, you know, big plays deep, you know, down the field that they're known for. Uh, but on the other hand, Mahomes went out and got, uh, the easy plays that he needed to make and he's able to you know kind of sit down and dissect the defense uh, kind of uh, Brady-esque. so if he kind of continues that play style and you know, we could very, very well see the chiefs back uh, to the super bowl once again uh if if he uh you know is able to continue playing like that and of course uh Isaiah Pacheco definitely running hard nobody wanted to tackle him uh in that game especially in in those conditions so uh yeah credit to him for being able to uh do that and of course uh you know their defense played extremely well as um you know with chris jones uh Legeria sneed uh at corner playing extremely well and completely bodied uh tyreek hill on one play just completely took him out of the play uh um before i think it was yeah before half uh and to a couldn't go anywhere and he ended up getting sacked. So, um, yeah, that was a good play by their defense. And then, of course, um, you know, to attack Viola, um, a lot of questions about him, I think, after this game, you know, especially if, you know, he's able to create anything out of structure. He seems like he really relies on, you know, the the playbook, you know, kind of playing itself out and being able to uh, take take the shots that he's able to down the field. And, um, you know, with uh, Tyreek, kind of banged up, makes it a little bit more difficult. Of course, their offensive line uh, had struggles as well with uh, a lot of their players injured, Uh, so that affected him. But, you know, in those conditions, cold weather, you know, negative 23, wind chill, uh, you know, the fourth coldest game in NFL history. Um, You know, got to be able to deliver, and um, just uh, his arm strength compared to Mahomes uh, just uh, doesn't compare. Uh, So you have that, Um, and then, of course, uh, Um, You know, discourse of uh, Tua, you know, after the game online, I know one one account that I saw had said that, oh, they should try to get Kirk Cousins in the offseason, photoshopping a quickly, uh, you know, Microsoft Paint version of Kirk Cousins in a uh, Miami Dolphins. Dolphins uniforms, so um, that could be an interesting development uh, if they go for it, uh, of course. And you know, I think one thing, one play that does describe his arm strength in these conditions is that play action pass that he had uh, to Tyreek Hill that went for a touchdown. Uh, you saw it was second one, which is a good situation for a shot play uh, for a potential touchdown play action pass, and you know, it threw it down the field, but it was short of Tyreek, and he had to stop and come back for it, and then that caused uh, the defender on the Chiefs. Uh, uh, to go and commit pass, pass interference, uh, there. So, uh, definitely, uh, kind of shows the difference between Tua and maybe what Mahomes would look like in that scenario. Uh, so, um, that's gonna be something that they think about. Even though it ended up being a touchdown, just um, made it a lot, a lot more difficult. Uh, for Tyreek wasn't in stride. Like I think, if Mahomes were in that situation, probably would. So, uh, that's definitely something to think there. And I think you know also. McDaniel uh, for as good as everybody wanted to praise him uh, this season for how he how he played or coached. Um, I think uh, one thing that he's got to be able to do is evolve his playbook and you know, beyond beyond what they were able to do. I think teams figured them out and you know, the plays that work, you know, against lesser teams that, you know, work in September, you know, you got to make adjustments over the season. I think that was something that doomed them is that they didn't make enough uh, adjustments to the playbook uh, to yeah, you, you know, cause cause more confusion and disruption like uh like we saw at the beginning of the year. So uh we'll see what they decide to do here in the off season. But you know, I think they're looking to get some of their players back from injury and you know, also looking to see where they can get better.
0: Yeah, and there's always room for improvement. Two years in the in oh, yeah you got that catch though and he still held on. Uh, two years in as a head coach and two playoff appearances for uh Mike McDaniel Miami for a long time. Miami hadn't been in the playoffs, or it had been pretty rare. So, in that sense, it's good now. Would they need to progress and actually make some uh, changes, maybe personnel wise, or make the? I mean, the point that you bring, Josh, in terms of evolving the playbook, uh, is necessary uh because it's playoffs there everybody's going to know everything you're doing so you have to be able to change it up and and on the fly even so uh unfortunately for Miami they weren't able to do it cold got to them too so it is where they they are what they are oh that's Julio Jones Jesus I forgot he was on the Eagles um yeah so That was the second game. And then, of course, the reason why we named this show what we did um, was the Dallas-Green Bay game. Um, I was preoccupied for a good amount of the day uh, with uh, my bowling and practice, but I was in my car driving to practice and saw 27 to nothing. And I'm like, is that a misprint? And actually it wasn't because uh, Old Dakota... Mr. Sleep Number Bed uh, was put to sleep because of uh, pick six and, an, and another interception that ended up leading to a touchdown. Um, necklace Mike McCarthy doing what he always does, which is fall short in the playoffs. Oh, that's a tough... Oh, man. That's what they needed. That's a huge play there. Um, Green Bay just dominated them in every aspect, really. Um, even though Green Bay's defense is not exactly the is not really good Uh, under most metrics. They were able to lock down Dallas for a good amount of the game. Once it was out of reach, of course, uh, they were able to score when it didn't count for anything. Uh, Prefs got through for over 400 yards, but in the end, most of those yards were, and that's a touchdown for the Eagles. So now Tampa Bay has to pick it up because they have been kicking field goals here last couple of possessions. They need to... Really picked this stuff up. Um, Green Bay, Jordan Love, in his playoff debut, looked like he had been playing 10 years in this league. They're on a heater these last few weeks. The same thing. I mean, Miami was on the downswing, they'd been losing a bunch of games. You look at, um, and then you look at, uh, Cleveland, they were on a heater, heater sort of, but they didn't finish and he jumped. And then, um, in the Dallas game, they were able to do what they had to do to win the division and get the number two seed, which, in a lot of people, were thinking they were going to go and um, advance to the NFC Championship game and be able to play against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, but you have to win one; you have to win the first game, and they didn't even put up a fight. And uh that was pretty embarrassing. They haven't made a decision in terms of if they're gonna keep Mike McCarthy, but more if you can I think it's pretty safe to say that he's going to be sent by Jerry Jones. Um Jerry Jones, I mean, no matter what, they can say whatever they want to say, but the reality is he's part of the problem. And just like other owners that are that have too much power and have too much say, um, did they stop it? They stopped it. They stopped the tush push on the two-pointer. Oh, that's something. Okay.
1: All right. Wow. The first documented in history, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this this yeah. is amazing,
0: finally. <laughs> yeah, somebody freaking stopped the tush push after the um, encroachment. Or no, uh, after the, the, what do you call, false start. And yeah, he didn't even get close. Delay on the jump. Or no, he got stuffed to the point. He never he never got a chance to jump. Great job by the Tampa Bay defense. Um yeah, there. So keeps it a one possession game, 16 to 9. Hopefully Tampa Bay can actually make something happen. This possession, this possession. Um but I mean there's a lot to take away. I mean, um uh, Ferguson had three scores, but Dallas's defense, freaking Micah Parsons, who talked lots of shit. For a lot of the season But uh, I didn't see homeboy Yesterday and I haven't really seen homeboy Do much of anything uh, Last few weeks uh, For a guy who talks a lot And Dak Prescott who gets paid What 40 million dollars a year And they're talking about possibly Giving him an extension to pay him 60 million dollars a year And for what? I mean uh, Because they can't get anybody else I mean I guess you talked about the Kirk Cousins thing i mean it depends on who the coach is and there's rumors about it being Bill Belichick but um it, what it, it, is Dak Prescott capable of making it happen it, do we do they have the pieces in place to really be a contender their secondary um injuries wise it started to make a, a difference uh, duron bland is an interception or nothing cornerback Stefan Gilmore's on the back end of his career. Um, You know, they don't really, they didn't really have an identity running wise, even though Tony Pollard was capable. And Mike McCarthy started getting away from the run game, which ironically was part of the thing he said when Kellen Moore resigned that they were passing the ball too much. So we were going to go and run the ball more. Well, when you're down 27 to nothing, you're not going to be running the ball, but. I I just find it hilarious. Uh the Kyle Brandt did his usual um uh deal on GMFB talking about the Cowboys because that's just what the Cowboys have been since nineteen ninety 1990, since nineteen ninety six. Um they may make the playoffs, but they always fall short. They're all talk because uh, they're the biggest franchise in American sports, but in the grand scheme of things the ha- amount of playoff games that they've won the fact they haven't even made the nfc championship game since uh ni- the 1995 season is uh pretty god awful and um jerry jones is part of the is a big reason why because he was the idiot that decided to fire jimmy johnson and they said oh putting jimmy johnson into the uh whatever the ring of honor was going to break that curse. Well, guess that curse is still around. Um I I mean the, this weekend's been interesting in terms of the teams being sent, but Dallas also losing. I thought they were going to they could have had a run in them. and um I mean that that's about as bad of a performance as you could put up there. Um didn't even there no fight, no energy, no nothing. I mean, it's basically Mike McCarthy in a nutshell. Uh because he's like a jellyfish too just like uh Wade Phillips but um and he's necklace like Peter Griffin and that fanta guy who announces bowling for Fox but what other did you see i mean i'll just throw it to you Josh i mean Dak Prescott man i don't get what the what the thing is he's a i guess they're a great fan, they're good for fantasy purposes and he had a year that theoretically he was an MVP candidate but MVPs make big plays. Oh, man, that was a huge catch. Um, but Prescott, yet again, in the playoffs, when he needed to do make a big play, he went the other way.
1: Yeah, I mean, for Dak, I mean, it, it was just bad all around, right? Uh, I mean, it's just a classic choke by the uh, Cowboys in the playoffs. And, um, you know, it's interesting that they go up against the Packers and um, – Jordan Love looking like kind of a cross between Brett Favre and Rodgers. You know they have that same kind of throw. I mean, Rodgers I think has a very quick release, but just just the way that he kind of goes, Jordan Love goes out there and throws the ball. Like how his you know feet move around in the pocket and how he steps into his throw. Just it looks it looks like off platform, and somehow he makes it work. Uh, but you know he they they just. Really ran the ball really well, and um, especially in the second half uh, there. But you know, Dak was really off uh, throughout uh, the first half of that game, and of course through the pick six, uh, which you know obviously we uh, have seen Dallas do that. But now it's happened happened to them now, uh, and especially in their house, but, um, yeah, just completely off for most of the first half and interesting that the score ended up being 27 to seven, uh, for the second consecutive year in a wild card game, of course, but of course, um, the green Bay Packers were able to run the ball in the second half and kind of put them away, uh, early on. And, um, obviously the Cowboys kind of clawed back into it as far as, uh, uh, score goes but you know it's just been uh, a lot of a lot of effort to to be able to try to go for uh you know down down two scores try to go for a touchdown and then uh get a uh uh onside kick there that was probably more than likely never going to happen uh but um yeah just a interesting deal as as that uh, whole whole uh, thing went out, and of course, um, you know, with Mike McCarthy possibly on the hot seat. Of course, there's been a lot of uh, talk throughout the league about Bill Belichick, uh, who has a good relationship with uh, the Jones family there in uh, Dallas, if he would possibly go down there and uh, coach for the Cowboys for a, a few short years, uh, probably into retirement. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, of course, yeah, Mike McCarthy. I mean, it's hard to hard to fire a guy off a, a twelve uh, you know win win season, right? You know, and having consecutive playoff appearances and uh, three consecutive years making the playoffs, but it's just uh, you know the way that it's happened. You know, they haven't gotten further than the divisional round ever, and uh, just knowing that, oh well, if you think that this coach can do more than. Uh, you know, 12 wins. Can you keep him? Or if you think you can get a guy who can get the same output and more. So, um, it's interesting to see how that play, how will play out. But, um, you know, just entertaining. You know, I think, I think every fan in the NFL that's not a Cowboys fan wants to see the Cowboys lose no matter what. Cause you know, they're always overhyped. You know, they, they get, they get like almost all the primetime games ever in, in the, the, the league, you know, in a lot of years they get primetime games when they don't deserve it. So it's just entertaining to see them, uh, losing that style, uh, of course. And then on the other end, the Packers, um, no one thought that they'd be there. So, you know, honestly, it's hard, hard to see a seven seed go out and win against a two seed and they went out and did it. So, um, obviously they're, they're going to go play the, uh, 49ers here. Um, and kind of another rematch in the, um, 49ers and in the in the the Packers that they've had in the playoffs over the last few years, but it'd be interesting to see how Jordan Love goes up against that 49ers defense. But um, yeah, just a good game overall for for them uh, and being out going out and kind of proving that you know they
0: they're a real team here uh, in this playoffs. Yeah, and I mean he was able to spread the ball around to getting it to um, you know, Wicks for the one score. He was able get it to Musgrove on, uh, or Musgrave, Musgrove, whatever the hell, uh, on one touchdown. And, uh, I mean, it just seemed like, uh, Jordan Love was throwing darts, uh, the whole day. He didn't really have a lot of resistance. Um, and that's when, when you're able to just basically dictate from the, from under, from behind the, um, behind the line there. I mean, that's, uh, you gotta you gotta go and and give credit to him on that. Um, Aaron Jones looked like his old self, going out there and controlling the ball with the run. Um, why am I for Romeo Dubs? That's the other one. Uh, he's another one that made plays. Um, he just got sacked. Oh man, yeah. Um, and then yeah. So Philly gets another stop. So now all of a sudden, um, you yeah, know, so Philly. Has a chance now with 142 to go to get tie of the game here going into halftime. But Green Bay was, and and Matt LaFleur, they were prepared all around to put them away, and they did. It was in the first half. And Jordan Love now has that test uh, next Saturday night against uh, the San Francisco 49ers, who come off their week off uh, as the number one seed and Fletcher Cox should have gotten a penalty there, but they didn't bother to. Uh, and so we'll see what happens with that. We'll talk about that later. Uh, the Detroit-LA game was the one game, I think, this whole weekend that was compelling so far. I mean, this game's close. Oh, he, he muffed the damn punt, or whoever the hell that is, muffed the punt and got away with it. And um, But for Detroit, uh, for jared goff the former number one overall pick for the la rams uh going against matthew stafford who was a former number one overall pick for detroit spent many years a good amount of his career in detroit got trade they got traded for each other he goes and promptly wins a super bowl um goff was a throw in essentially in that trade and in this night uh in that in that situation on that in the first time in thirty years for Detroit to have a home playoff game, the fans showed up and Jared Goff showed up, played one of the best games of his career. Uh they seem Detroit seemed to have an ability to to do whatever they wanted on offense as well because the LA defense has been kind of mediocre at best this year. They do have the defensive line, they do have um Aaron Donald, but they have the rookie guy and stuff, but they haven't had a lot behind that. Uh, They weren't really able to have an answer for Amon Ross, St. Brown. They didn't really have an answer for the running game. Detroit, on the other side, of course, they're not. Their defense isn't exactly the greatest either, but you know they have um, Aiden Hutchinson, who is a dynamic pass rusher, and they were make they were able to make enough stops force field goals instead of touchdowns and uh detroit gets the victory 24 to 23 they're able to hold off the la rams i thought the rams they'd been they've had momentum here i thought that they were gonna go and it was gonna be another matchup against the 49ers but uh instead they go and lose that game and they get to go home as well motor city dan campbell uh takes them first coach since Wayne Fonts, to win a playoff game for the Detroit Lions and they get to host another playoff game uh, Sunday afternoon uh, against whoever wins this game between uh, Tampa and Philly so we'll see what happens with that um, the Buffalo game uh, was against Pittsburgh it got moved to got moved to Monday because of a blizzard. Uh or whatever big snowstorm, uh, they almost got him there. Uh, then, um, in in the end, uh, Buffalo, Baltimore, Buffalo was up twenty-one nothing uh, early. Josh Allen, essentially, it, it, I don't know why he isn't being considered for MVP. Maybe because he turned the ball over a lot, or whatever they had that off period. But honestly, if we're gonna talk about most valuable players. Josh Allen is one of the most valuable players in the league because if Buffalo doesn't have him, they probably win three or four games. Uh, so he he did his job out there. Buffalo suffered a couple of big injuries during the game, and um, and so with Terrell Bernard and I think a corner, so that is something to look at going into next week. Uh, but they ha- end up holding off Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh did make a run. Mason Rudolph's able to get a couple of scores. They blocked a field goal, um, and they were able to get momentum. But in the end, uh, Shakir gets a takes a swing pass from Josh Allen. State almost gets tackled, gets back up, and runs it into the end zone. And that was really the turning point of the game. Uh, and Buffalo now gets, they get to go and play Kermie. At home instead of being on the road, which for whatever reason between the playoff I mean, the playoffs, it's because of uh, seeding, uh, but in the regular season, for whatever reason, um, they insist on sending Buffalo always to Kansas City. Um, in this case, for the first time in his uh, career, Patrick Mahomes will go on the road for a playoff game, so... I think that's as much as as intriguing as anything. We'll talk about it later. But Buffalo did what they had to do today. Um, the fan base, of course, coming out to go and plow out Highmark Stadium, and I mean they they were able to do they they kind of controlled it the whole for most of the night. Yeah, there was a time there for Pittsburgh. They started to get a little momentum, but Josh Allen is just I mean he's unstoppable when he decides he wants to be. And, um, and that's, I mean, that's really all there is to it. I mean, uh, we really have to go and look at, I mean, how, I guess a greater conversation about that game that they're going to have next week, but Pittsburgh put up a fight. Um, Omar Epps, I just read on NFL.com walked out of the press conference when they asked him about his future. So, um, I guess he's a little bit edgy about that um even though he's won, he's had a winning season every year of his uh, coaching career uh super bowl winning head coach only the third head coach they've had in a like about 50 something year span or whatever the hell it is with Pittsburgh that's why Pittsburgh is a winning organization but um they do have a quarterback situation that uh they're going to end up having a competition in in training camp if they don't bother to improve the quarterback position itself. Um, so, I mean, we'll see what happens with Pittsburgh there. But um, what do you, I mean, Josh Allen, that's really, that's period, end of story, right, Josh?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Josh Allen here is the story of, of obviously made the plays throughout this game uh, to win um of course going up 21 nothing early in the game helps and of course that 52 yard run uh for a touchdown um you know un- unfathomable to see especially with how uh the tackling uh that was attempted was very poor and I guess they uh defense on the Steelers just didn't know what to do with the quarterback going out on a scramble uh for a uh, 52 52- two yard touchdown you know that's just honestly i mean even if you're not a steelers fan or anything it's just like yeah that's just bad bad football there um and the tackling there i mean i think uh, a lot of the reasons why we see you know bad tackling now here uh in the nfl throughout is just because of the rules and you know how they make uh the rules to protect the offense and favor the offense really with um you know um where where they're allowed to make hits and stuff, and especially with the quarterback, you know, it's hard to go out and lay out a quarterback going on a scramble because you're in fear of a penalty. So, um, you know, you, you try try some other way, and uh, it doesn't really work, and that's what happened there. So, um, and him breaking all those tackles and everything. So, uh, just uh, you know, for the Bills, I mean, they took care of business. I don't really think anybody could have really pictured a Steelers upset win. Um yeah, they made made it kind of interesting uh later on in the game into the fourth quarter. Um but uh you know the the Bills, you know, they were just I think too much uh for uh Buffalo or for uh Steelers there. So um yeah, I mean, I think this one's probably the more le- least uh, surprising uh one there to see happen, but yeah, now Buffalo, it's the host of the Kansas City Chiefs, so we're going to see what uh the Chiefs Bills rivalry, I guess that this is kind of turning into looks like at home and uh, uh for them and we'll see how how they do next week, but and especially, you know, with the weather as it is right now. So that should be a good game. Um but uh, yeah, I think for the Steelers, of course, quarterback controversy. They're gonna have to figure out something there because I, I don't think either Kenny Pickett or uh Mason Rudolph obviously are the future uh uh for that franchise. And then Mike Tomlin possibly leaving. Um I mean I think think he gotta continue for a few years at least. Um yeah, you know, he's not as young as what he used to be, but uh you know, he's been um you know, they haven't won in the playoffs in a long time. But you know it's hard to argue for a coach that you know puts you in a position. Uh, argue against a coach that puts you in a position uh, to make the playoffs every year. There's you know really, really you know have not had a losing season, and even in the years where you know they ended up maybe not making the playoffs, you know they're still in contention or um, their team you know always uh, fights fights hard uh, to the bitter end. So Steelers, you know they um, will have to answer those questions here in the off season, and of course you know some of their players george pickens and um others you know need to play better with more effort but um you know they uh, overall you know especially defense and running attack they they figure out how to get it done
0: yeah and that's something that we'll definitely see pittsburgh if they were to move on from uh, mike tomlin it would be unprecedented uh considering the history of this franchise um the only the both uh Chuck Knoll and Bill Cower retired. Um and that was why the the changes took place. Otherwise, uh they have not made a coaching change um based on performance you know, since I don't know, probably the freaking sixties. <laughs> I mean so no, uh, that's, uh, that's unbelievable, but, um, they do have a quarterback problem. They've had a quarterback problem since Ben Roethlisberger retired. Um, so it's something that is going to have to be addressed, uh, whether it's in the draft or in free agency, uh, for sure. And yeah, the Buffalo bu- uh, game against Kansas city, which will be on Sunday at- evening will be the box office game of the week. The one that Tony Romo, it's like Tony Romo's like fantasy bowl uh, because he whacks it to both uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen anyway. So, um, And Jim Nance can't get enough of it. He's another one. Uh, so that's what will be for that game. Uh, the one game, uh, obviously, as I said, is to be determined the other team or the other half of the Detroit matchup will be determined later on tonight. Um, whoever wins between Tampa and Philly. Uh, Philly, for whatever inexplicable reason, they were trying to arrange or get a field goal here late to get it within four points, threw a ball inside with no timeouts to gain well, gets tackled, and runs out the clock. Um, I'll say Devontae Smith is playing at a level, which is why he won the Heisman Trophy. I mean, he seems to be getting open at with regularity and um, making plays. But outside of Devontae Smith, uh, there's, I mean, there's a little bits from Goddard, but Jalen Hurts, the hand is affecting him a little bit. Uh, he doesn't seem to be as um, good as he had been. The defense is playing all right because they've kind of locked down on Baker Mayfield. So we'll see what happens in general with the second half coming. Uh, going through the coaching uh situation here. Um we have what seven coaching vacancies. Uh eight it was eight, but uh the New England Patriots had a succession plan where um Gerard Mayo would become the head coach once Bill Belichick ended up uh uh either move they moved on from him. Uh well that's great. Um and you talk about uh that's so wow it would have actually been pretty close if those two if it was just between those two but um i mean you look at uh, the other jobs here uh there's been the only things that have been decided are the New England Patriots uh head coach and um Washington hiring 49ers assistant GM Adam Peters to become their new general manager so um uh, uh, And also Gerard Mayo becomes the youngest head coach in the NFL at 37 years of age. So, um, so that is, that's uh, the news. And I mean, Jim Harbaugh won the national championship last week. And now it looks like he is probably coming to the NFL again or coming back to the NFL. It's just a matter of where. Um, Interviewing for your few jobs. You got Antonio Pierce interviewing for a few jobs on, I mean, I think the Raiders are more than likely going to bring him back. Uh, that seems like the logical scenario, but, uh, you have to wonder what, um, you have to wonder what the, uh, they're going to do there. And if he doesn't get it, if he would get another uh, opportunity elsewhere, like Atlanta, um, I mean, Carolina is still looking. They, they have, uh, uh, unlimited funds um, and a shitty owner who's a billionaire you know, Chicago got rid of a bunch of their coaches so Eber the performance of the team late in the season saved him um, and they have the number one and ten overall picks going into the draft this uh, April but the offense is going to change around a lot because of all the coaches that were let go uh, we talked about Jacksonville in uh, detail, Josh, passionately um, let us know what's going on. I don't think, I do agree that they didn't really get rid of the problem uh, or problems by getting rid of uh, Caldwell or Bernie Parmalee, but we'll see what happens with that. The Raiders, I mentioned with Antonio Pierce, uh, they also need to get a general manager. Same for the Chargers. Um and then the Giants, they haven't – it doesn't say that they, they've moved on from uh, uh, Wink Martindale, but uh, I think that's basically yeah, I think they done. Did. Uh, well, it's, uh, see, the only reason I'm saying that is because it's not on the NFL coaching tracker, but I felt like they did, so I don't know. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. That's a misprint there, maybe. Yeah, I thought uh, he I resigned. He, yeah, yeah, he did, actually, so yeah, my bad. Um Um, yeah Pittsburgh they replaced uh, Canada so we'll see if that continues of course if Omar Epps continues as the coach Tennessee Mike Vrabel gets canned Uh, he's probably someone who's gonna get us another option another opportunity Uh, being a winning head coach and having uh, six years in the league and taking. the Titans to the playoffs three times along with one AFC championship game. Washington, I mentioned with Adam Peters, so they're going to be cleaning house on the coaching side with uh, and looking for somebody new. I think they were talking about uh, Detroit's uh, Ben Johnson. They were also looking at, there's a couple other guys, a couple other assistants that seem to be uh, standing out to them. But Washington will be one. Washington, Carolina, because of the amount of money uh, the owners have, probably are curious. Chargers, uh, if Jim Harbaugh goes there, what will the Spanoses do? Because they've had quite a checkered history, um, especially with um, management and coaching, uh, and also the Raiders too, to be fair, because of Mark Davis. But um, Oh, that's why parting ways. There you go. That's why it's over there. Um, and then Seattle also with Pete Carroll being, um, yeah, he didn't want to quit, but uh, the Allens uh, decided that they wanted to move on from him. So we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, I mean, Atlanta, it looks like right now, have interviewed eight different uh, coaches. Carolina has gone through a very in-depth and thorough search uh, not only on the head coach side, but the GM side. Raiders, not as much. Um, they've done a little bit with the um, GM search. Um, chargers have, and then bunch of requests, bunch of requests. Uh, oh, my God. Greg Roman. I'd feel bad for Justin Fields if he ends up with Greg Roman as his offensive coordinator. Um, yeah, so that's that. I mean... Uh, Before we move forward on anything, uh, Josh, I guess I I have to ask you, with Jacksonville, what have you heard in regards to the coaches, any um, news or rumors on your end in terms of what's going on and any other things that have been coming out in the aftermath of what took place at the end of the season for the Jaguars?
1: Yeah, I mean I've heard some stuff um they've had a couple of teams that they wanted to interview uh their defensive coordinators they wanted to interview the uh defensive coordinator from uh the Panthers and the uh Falcons and both of them got blocked uh but I think that's because they're both uh in line to get interviews as head coaches uh so um that's uh, kind of interesting there after a year ago where I think yeah Press Taylor was getting inter or wanted to get interviews and or people wanted to interview Press Taylor and the Jaguars blocked it, so interesting there uh to see that. Uh but they have um interviewed a, or at least uh attempted to interview a lot of other coaches. Uh they've been interviewing Chris Harris, the passing game defensive coordinator for uh, the Titans. Uh they uh, talked to uh, Marquard Manuel, the uh, safety coach of the New York Jets, who also uh, interviewed for the Jaguars all the way back in 2016. Um, um, they uh, are interviewing the Baltimore passing game defensive coordinator and secondaries coach Chris Hewitt. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Shane, yeah, Shane Bowen uh, there as well former defensive coordinator for the uh, Titans. Wink Martindale uh, scheduled interview on Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, which a lot of people are interested, I guess, in his defensive scheme uh, there. Anthony Weaver, defensive line on the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so, yeah, this is interesting to see uh i mean obviously most of the defensive staff on the jags getting laid off here uh and obviously i mean I think we all know that was kind of a scapegoat but at the same time the defense did play poorly in the second half of the season after the uh you know the monday night game um onwards um they just you know whatever reason i weren't the same but uh yeah that's that's what i've heard so far on that front uh, of course uh, nothing on the gm or anything else that we want to see gone uh, so we'll see how that plays out um and everything but yeah i haven't, haven't heard much uh, just uh you know rumors and stuff um looks like heard heard some stuff about trevor lawrence uh and pot- potentially talking to uh the owner uh in their you know post conversation and sounds like sounds like he's with the fans he doesn't like uh, is not too fond of press and um, doesn't really uh, agree with the direction of team building that bulky has uh, implemented in place so far. So uh, we'll see, we'll see how, what ends up happening there. Uh, Jalen hurts getting sacked here uh, to end the drive there, but um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, and uh, reportedly Doug Peterson and Shad Khan had their interview conversations and stuff. So interesting to see, you know, how that, you know, after, you know, what we talked about last week, how, how all that plays out, but at least on the defensive coaches front from, I think what the Jacksonville media has talked about who they thought would be a reporters thought they would be a good, good candidates. They've looked, they're looking in the right direction in that area. I'll say that at least.
0: And there, I mean, I think the bigger deal, of course, you mentioned it is if uh, Shad Khan and the Khan family, um, decide to move on from Trent balky because I would put uh Doug Peterson on deck honestly uh as a likely or as somebody who'd definitely be on the hot seat um and has had a history of not being able to get along with um front office because part of why he got ran out of philly i mean not just because um whatever i'm whatever the I'm forgetting the the personnel guy, GM, whatever he's bought buddies with Jeffrey, Uh, Lurie, Lurie, Lori. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, no, no, Huey Roseman, Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman. Yeah. With Jeffrey Lurie. So um, he's basically his ball licker the same way as um, Brian Cashman is for Hal Steinbrenner. Um, So that's the problem there. Um, But I mean, there's, we're going to see what happens with that, with Doug Peterson. And if he, Uh, will stick around I mean definitely a lot of pressure thinking about the you have franchise level players on both sides of the ball now did Trevor Lawrence play like a franchise quarterback at times last this season no but there were other flashes why he was the number one overall pick Josh Allen is a franchise defensive player and uh, you need to build around him and if they're not going to I'm sure there's 31 other teams that would love to have his services because of how dynamic of a player he is um so something to look at here uh, as we move forward uh chili bowl took place we'll start we'll do a little bit of motorsports obviously cuz we are a motorsports show um the 2024 chili bowl was a lot like the 2023 chili bowl in that the guy who came out on top in the A-Main after 55 laps was Logan Seavey for um, Kevin Swindell Racing. Uh, goes and holds off uh, pole sitter Buddy Kofoid. And um, Kofoid, that's basically one of the only things he has in one in his young career. Um, unfortunately, yet another year you'll have to wait uh, to get that golden driller. Um, Logan Seavey gets the win over M- Buddy Co. Foyt Corey Day, rounds out the podium. Dason Pursley from the D-Main um, gets the fourth overall, or fourth uh, finishes fourth, um, also had serious injuries um, and had to come back from that too. Hank Davis was fifth. Uh, Shane Golobic Tanner Carrick, Spencer based in Michael Facinto and Jake Swanson for uh, Alex Bowman Racing rounds out the top 10. Uh, Carter Sarf finished 18th. And Chase Briscoe made the A-Main, finished 21st at a DNF. So he had two cars, though, from himself and Sarf make the A-Main, which is huge considering how some of these big organizations that made it uh, that had most of the cars Um so credit to Briscoe and that team to go and get two cars into the A main. Uh, when you consider 365 cars were in this event, um, in terms of the Dakar Rally, it's uh, they're going there in the second week. The right now the um, the the general ranking, the general general classification uh, in motorcycles. You, America's Ricky Brabeck trying to go for. Uh, his second win in the Dakar Rally has a forty-two second lead over Ross Branch and um his teammates uh uh Nacho Corne- Cornejo um is third and Adrian van Beveren is fourth. Uh, defending race winner Kevin Benavides is fifth. Uh, um, Tony Toby Price, Daniel Sanders, Sanders World Champion Luciano Benavides, Kevin's brother Zvitko, Martin Michek round out the top ten, so braybeck uh still has we remember that how many stages so nine stages, no oh, stage ten, yeah, yeah, so there's still there's still uh four stages to go in this race uh to see who will be the champion champions in their respective classes yeah it's rally in rally, what is it in rally two? And i look for, yeah, Roman Dumontier, uh, two French riders, uh, Jean Loup Lepin, and then Indian Harith Noah uh, is right now 853 behind in third place. So, um, opportunity for an Indian rider to, oh, that's going to be 15 more yards. Um, he didn't slide though, but they're going to call that as a personal fell. Um, Noah has a chance to go and win Indian Rider. I would assume that's the first time if an Indian Rider has ever won uh in the Dakar. In the quads class, Manuel Anduhar uh leads Alexander Giroud, and Girard Barga. So that that battle it's only Anduhar and Giroud is eleven twenty six behind there. So that's in the quad category. So in the original than any of that. Who cares? Um, in the cars category, in the pro, in the what is that in the four by two class, Layla Sand still is in third. She's only less than six minutes out of second, but they're nearly and two hours uh, out of the out of uh, the lead there. So Sarah Dory still leads that class in. Um the ultimate car category. Carlos Sainz is um, in prototype category. He Carlos Sainz leads the race uh, by 24 seconds on Sebastian Loeb. So it sounds like an old world rally championship event. Uh, Lucas Marais is uh, third. De Mevius fourth. Is Janelle de Villiers fifth. Um, so we're trying to see who else is out there. Um, uh, nobody else that really kind of stands out. Uh, okay. The challenger category: Mitchell Guthrie and Kellen Walk, the American duo, lead by 34 minutes on Christina over Christina Gutierrez, and uh, Austin Jones is fifth. Uh, he has a chance to move up to fourth, so that could be two Americans or two Americans in the top five in that class. And then in SSV sarah price is 12 minutes 32 behind in third place so still has a chance to um still has a chance to possibly get the victory if nothing else could possibly move up one step on the podium there so another american and of course her her boyfriend uh leading the bikes category so it could be a pretty big um week here if they can finish things out um and the trucks category and the futures um trying to see that oh Jamie Campbell is in 5th in the classics category so that's the Dakar will the uh, race has still got another 4 days to go and we'll talk about it next week on who ends up where in that in super motocross is uh in super motocross got um I'm trying to go look it up Your super super motocross championship, uh, round two in San Francisco. Chase Sexton gets his first victory for uh, KTM in the 450 category. All right, go to that. Yeah, Jordan Smith gets the victory in 250s. All right. The points heading to Anaheim 2. Chase Sexton leads the points by eight over Jet Lawrence. Who had a pretty rough uh, ride in the mud there. And uh, Eli Tomac and Aaron Plessinger tied for third. Dylan Fernandes rounds out the top five. I mean, basically from Jet Lawrence or Jet Lawrence all the way to Ken Roxon's only separated by six points. In the two fifty class, Jordan Smith leads Levi Kitchen by f- five points, RJ Hampshire, Garrett Marchbanks, Carson Mumford. Uh, round out the top five there And, um yeah Formula E Pascal Verline gets the the victory In the season opener for Porsche And um, yeah, he, uh, Pascal Verline, uh wins pole And uh, gets the race win And uh, over Sebastian Buemi and Nick Cassidy Who had the fastest lap in the race in his debut for Jaguar Maxi Günther Mitch Evans round out the top 5 Jean-Eric Verne J.Q. Stoffel Vandoorne uh world champion Jake Dennis and Norman his teammate Norman Nato round out the top 10 um Jan in his uh debut for uh in Formula E finished 16th for Maserati Uh, Nick DeVries returning to Formula E, uh, for Mahindra finished 15th, Eduardo Matara's teammate finished 13th, so struggles there Um, in terms of DNF's Luca Degrassi, Sergio Sete, Camara, Robin Freins, and Antonio Felix da Costa, so on that polar opposites, you had the winner and then the guy who fell out of the race first, so... We'll see what happens with Formula E as they move to uh, Saudi Arabia for two races in a couple of weeks' time before they take a break uh, of about six weeks to, before they race in Sao Paulo. And, yeah, the SRX, I mean, Josh, we'll talk about this here. I mean, the SRX series, we talked about it here, and it was entertaining. It had a place, obviously, in the summer Tony Stewart and Montag group and having ESPN CBS and then ESPN come in to cover it. But in the end, uh, it looks like funding wasn't there to keep it going to make an argument that Paul Tracy wrecking every single one of their cars didn't help. Uh, But I I guess, uh, unfortunately, uh, it was a good concept, but I think when they started it and, they weren't able to sustain it probably because you're not able to get all the biggest drivers, even with it going to a Thursday night thunder or Wednesday night thunder. They weren't able to get the kind of drivers that they needed. Um Being a stock car kind of category, they weren't going to get that many open wheeler people to come in. Um But IROC's coming back. We don't really have much more news other than Everingham and Kaufman are uh, Part of this thing, Everingham uh, used to work for IROC for Jay Signori. and he collects a bunch of IROC cars. Uh, so it's entirely possible they could bring those things out of mouthballs and update them, and kind of bring them back out for for classic purposes. Uh, as Tampa's trying to drive here with five under six minutes to go in the third quarter. Uh, but what were your thoughts? I mean, I guess, what were your thoughts on SRX and um, as it probably goes away? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of
1: shocking. And I think the uh, IROC news was announced first. And when I heard that, I was like, well, that's kind of weird because IROC, I mean, is basically it's going to be that sounds like the same thing as SRX, which is just IROC uh, on using kind of uh, road course or Trans Am cars as a base uh type you know spec cars on short tracks and it's kind of the same idea ray evanham was one of the spearheads of that with tony stewart and now making the actual IROC name uh come back uh that's definitely a different uh direction and so you know, have two series kind of being kind of the same uh type it didn't really make a lot of sense. And then the next, I think, yeah, later on the SRX announcing that they're going to be spending the season, you know, probably that's, that's it for uh, that series. And, you know, it's unfortunate because um, yeah, we saw a lot of great action through uh, through that series and uh, over the course of its couple of seasons. But I think um, Dan Baker just took a big sack there uh, on third down, but uh i think you know even after the second season you could kind of start to see the uh limitations of this series and you know what it was able to do obviously we we've seen um what what they were able to do in you know 2022 and it's given rise to some big names like you know that are com- on the up up and coming uh like uh ernie francis junior um old guys getting another shot like Tony Canon, Elio Castro Nevis, uh Marco Rangeretti getting a title uh in this series, uh, even though he didn't win a race. Um, you know, other guys uh getting back into it like Michael Waltrip, uh, Bobby Labonte, and others. Uh so uh disappointing to see, but you know, I think you know when it's kind of the same concept uh over you know the last couple of years they you know didn't really away from, I mean, you know, I think what they had worked, but, you know, they, they didn't um, put in any variety uh, there uh, to try to make it more interesting, like maybe going on a road course or uh, something, um, you know, like a small road course, like Lime Rock Park or something like that. But, um, you know, it, w- it would have been interesting if they would have do that with, you know, these, uh, the cars that they were using. But um, yeah, I think it just wasn't sustainable in the end. And, um, yeah, you know, like you said, you know it's hard hard to get the uh drivers to come out, especially when you know they gotta finalize things uh you know f- way f- way far out um before things you know get too complicated and it, you know it's hard hard to commit hard to get drivers to come in, and then also you factor in uh the uh stock car guys kind of dominating, just kinda kind of like in the old Iraq where it ended up being just dominated by a lot of stock car guys um you, know, you kind of see the same thing here i mean you had your open wheel guys that had heavy oval experience like uh elio and tony Canon kind of have success marco andretti as well but you know at the end of the day it was um especially i think this past season just ended up being a lot of a lot of the uh you know stock car drivers whether they're in nascar the local favorite come out and uh perform uh you know, in a, you know, better than the guys that are, you know, not used to driving this type of car, uh, on an oval track. So, um, yeah, unfortunate, but, um, you know, I think also just, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, how it's probably going to end up, and you know, I think also, you know, Tony Stewart, you know, we've already talked about him with his commitment to drag racing and everything. And then he has the SRX and you know, you don't know if there's gonna be a conflict uh with SRX and drag racing potentially, especially if he's gonna be doing it full time. So, you know, it's hard to keep going and you know, you you got too many things in your plate. So you kinda of seeing kinda of seeing Tony Stewart sort of uh consolidate here, you know, giving up the all star circuit of champions to Kyle Larson now this and you know, focusing on drag racing and of course, maybe maybe SHR is on the way too because they have no sponsorship uh, outside of maybe one guy. So we'll see we'll see if that happens. But um yeah, I think just the um IROC coming back, uh that could be interesting. And uh I don't know if they'll go back to the old cars. I think those cars are you know well out of date and it would take a lot of work to bring them up to uh safety spec and everything, but if they go on to, you know, some of the big tracks like what we used to see uh, you know, back in the old days, you know, maybe it could be interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean that's something to to look at if they go and bring it back for go and race at Daytona and Talladega or maybe Darlington. Um I mean who knows really at this point. On I mean Tony won the first year in SRX over Ernie Francis Jr. Uh, Second year was Marco over, not, uh, I think, Tony, or not Tony. I don't know. I forget who it was. Um, And then in last year, no-neck Ryan Newman ended up getting the championship. Uh, So a couple guys, buddies of Tony, um, getting the wins. The point Josh made about Tony with the NHRA, I think, Also plays a part, notion of um, having a lot of things going on. Tony's getting rid of a a lot of things. Um, uh, Also, uh, Josh brought up the sprint cars, the all-star circuit of champions. Oh, is that a safety? Yes, it is. That's a safety. That's a safety. He didn't get rid of the ball. He was down before he got rid of the ball. It's a safety. He's definitely getting fired now. Yeah, um... (laughs) Uh, and I don't know where the flat, uh, Oh, because he threw. Oh yeah, an elite, uh, intentional grounding too. Yeah, so um, that's that is a huge play by Le, Levante David. Um, I mean you have to have better better awareness of where you are on the field. You need to step up in that spot. And then he's running around like a dope. Uh, or not Levante David. I don't know who that was. Uh, who made that play? But the coverage was really really good finally for the first time in a while um there was nothing there and um yeah so yep is that uh I'm trying to think who the hell is number 98 for uh oh, nelson sorry. nelson okay yeah good job by him gets uh jalen hurts and now they have a nine-point lead and they'll also get the free kick uh from philadelphia So now it's a job to see if they can go and sustain a possession, um, knock some time off the clock as well. Um, As I was saying in regards to Tony and what he's got going on, um, Josh mentioned it with um, getting rid of the uh, uh, all-star circuit of champions to uh, Larson and Brad Sweet. He um, also, this is now going away he's um trying to him and leah pruitt are trying to start a family uh he's taking over leah's ride in the top fuel category after racing in the top alcohol dragster class last year so there's that of course i'm bringing up uh the stewart haas racing as of now uh in outside of chase briscoe uh who has funding for the full season, mostly from Mahindra and High Point and Ford Perform and uh Ford Performance Racing Schools uh to make up the bulk of the schedule. Uh, Ryan Brian Priest is essentially is sponsored by Gene Haas and then United Rentals uh, but I don't think that's a full sponsorship. He's not fully sponsored per se. Uh, Josh Berry, only just recently they announced that Sonny Delight is going to come back and do more races. But otherwise, they don't have anything else. And um, Gagson doesn't have anything announced as of now. So it is a problem. Uh, It's interesting also because Gene Haas uh, just fired Gunther Steiner. So who knows what he's trying to do with his Formula 1 program. So there's a lot of moving parts going on there with uh Tony Stewart and Gene Haas to be fair. Uh to a, oh that is some old late tackling. Oh my god he's taking it to the house. What the hell was that? The guy just like didn't even bother to tackle him. Bradbury just like didn't bother to tackle him. And then I don't know what the other guy did that didn't even try. Oh she's good. Hey baby. Um uh Trey Palmer with the 56 yard touchdown as James Bradbury made a made an executive decision to not bother to tackle him, and um, odd bowls trying to win a playoff game, uh, another playoff game, uh, another coach that the Jets had that uh, they fired. Uh, it's interesting how that seems to work, uh, and now he's in Tampa Bay and it's pretty darn successful. Uh, I'm curious to see this replay, Bayard, bad angle, and yeah, so that is a huge. Huge uh turn of events. That safety leads to a free kick and then touchdown and now they're up uh sixteen points. 15, nine. Uh yeah, sixteen points. So two possessions still. So now what will Philly do? Um to be determined there. Uh okay, so Arca had their test, uh the um preseason test at Daytona. Um the combined results for uh, the testing saw four Venturini Motorsports cars and the Joe Gibbs Racing, so five Toyotas in total, uh, lead, lead in terms of their times, overall times for one lap. Um, Jake Finch over Tony Breidinger, Chris Wright, and Gus Dean. And then William Sawallich were the top five. Patrick Emmerling... Andres Perez, who's racing the full count, full season. Marco Andretti, uh, trying to get um, get uh, certified to run, probably run a truck. Uh, Anthony Bello for Youngs. Tanner Gray for second. Joe Gibbs, or another Joe Gibbs car, rounds out the top ten. The Ageless Dale Quarterly was eleventh. Shane Van Gisbergen driving for Pinnacle Racing Group. Same thing, trying to get certified to run the Xfinity Series at Daytona. Uh, LeVar Scott, Andres Perez's teammate for Rev Racing, uh, the two favorites for the season championship, uh, because I'm not sure who Venturini is running full-time other than Amber Balkin. And uh, William Solalich isn't going to be able to run every race, I don't think. Um, so that's something to be seen. Uh, looking through some of these other honeymen who's going to be running Xfinity for Young's Motorsports, Andy jankowiak and Anunziata for McClure Motorsports, a Jersey guy, lavar Scott, Jersey guy, um Emerling, of course, modified guy for many years, and been running Xfinity, Andy J, upstate New York, dude. Trying to see through Greg Van Alst, the defending race winner of the ARCA 200, uh, coming back from serious injuries late last year in trucks. Uh, 24th, trying to see anybody else that um, really stands out. Uh, Gil List- Linster, who comes from the NASCAR Europe uh, series, trying to make it into uh, NASCAR here, or, or first going with ARCA. Uh, Tim Richmond there, um, Amber and I mentioned, Just, Justin Bonsignor uh, trying to um, make a, get a start at Daytona in an ARCA car, um, the multi-time NASCAR Modified Tour champion, uh, CJ McLaughlin who brings out cautions every race at, in the Xfinity Series, and then speaking of cautions, Sean Hingarani, uh, this racing, testing for Fast Track uh, this time uh, after racing for Venturini Motorsports last year. Landon Huffman racing or testing for Pinnacle Racing Group and Takuma Koga, you know, you know Sean Core, Connor Mozak, Tyler Reif, and, and trying to see anybody else. Yeah, that's about it. So uh, nothing... Um, We'll see who ends up uh, racing or attempting to race at uh, at the day in the Arca two hundred uh, here in a few weeks time there. Uh the Roar before the twenty four takes place this uh coming weekend. Um and then yeah, so the time of the jam and uh uh-huh, uh uh-huh, force the places, uh huh. Um I'd rather take test session, the short six session. So I had a qualifying. Yeah, so they will. Uh, yeah, they will be qualifying um, uh, these cars uh, in this weekend prior to returning next the following week for the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Um, yeah, so the field 59 entries for the the Rolex 24 at Daytona. In the GTP category, there'll be 10 cars, two cars from Porsche Penske Cadillac with both Ganassi Cadillac Racing and Wheel and Engineering Cadillac, Wayne Taylor Racing with two Acuras, BMW with uh, Team ALL, as lead if you would say, and um, Proton Competition and JDC Miller Motorsports with the two independent Porsche 963s. In LMP2, 13 entries, 12 of them Oricas, one Ligee for Sean Creek Motorsports. Uh, Crowd United Autosports comes over to the uh, IMSA series this year with two cars. Crowd Strike Racing by APR lost last year in this race on a photo finish. Um, Riley Motorsports with Gar Robinson and company move over to this class got AF corsa in in this uh field this weekend or this or this race and um Dragon Speed Neo Racing GT Pro 13 entries um uh, BMW Corvette McLaren Lexus Lamborghini Aston Martin Ferrari Ford with the Mustang with Multimatic Motorsports AMG mercedes amg with uh, sun energy one racing because our are race running three platinums uh jewel gunan lucas stoltz morrow engel along with kenny abel um and then ao racing uh, with their porsche and then gtd 23 entries uh largest class obviously of the group and um That'll we'll give you more details um, on that and in the whole field what takes place next week. Um, Other news: It looks like uh, Kaz Grala might end up being uh, uh, driving for Rick Ware Racing as a teammate with uh, Justin Haley, Andy Frozen Custard, who has been a sponsor for uh, for Anthony Alfredo in the past. Uh, will be sponsoring Xfinity Series champion Cole Custer for a few races. I mentioned CJ McLaughlin. He's going to be racing for RSS Racing Partial Schedule. Celsius stays with Colleague, and uh, they will be the primary sponsor for AJ Allmendinger as he returns to the Xfinity Series. I'm to talk about... Yeah, so... Um, Bubba Wallace, John Hunter Nemechek, Corey Heim are going to be racing in the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge in the GT four category. Global Industrial will sponsor, continue to sponsor um, Austin Hill, and also sponsor Kyle Busch this year. Connor Zilch, Zilch will come to will eventually come to NASCAR. Uh, he's won in. Uh, Mazda MX-5 Cup for uh, Shay um, for um, why am I forgetting her name? Follow her on Instagram um, for Shay Holbrook's team. Uh, he's won in any number of categories, but now he has been signed by Trackhouse Racing. I wonder where they're gonna put him since i don't they only have two car three cars. I they they seem to be hiring more drivers than they have cars. Uh, these days. But he is a prospect. Long term prospect. For sure. Uh, going on there. In the Xfinity series. As you know, we talked about that. Uh, Yeah, So there's that. Uh, I mentioned Gunther Steiner. Getting let go. By Gene Haas. Um, Alan Permain. The long time Renault. Or the Enstone uh, team. uh, uh higher up there is going it looks like to Alpha Tori or whatever they'll be called. Uh, Toyota's making leadership change for their uh their team or for their their whole program. And uh what is it Machine Gun Kelly is gonna be performing at the clash in halftime for whoever cares about that. Uh and uh yeah I think that's yeah that's about it there in terms of the uh racing news was there anything else that you saw josh that i missed? I don't think so. I think that's basically everything all right so uh we'll well uh, i well yeah i'll add i going on n h r e dot com just out of uh curiosity uh daniel Wilkerson will go and take o oh, he'll go from being a tuner to back to being a driver uh and he'll be taking over for his uh his father in the skag power equipment uh funny car, so that's a uh, interesting turn of events there Daniel Wilkerson is a good dude, but you know his dad has been at it for so many years, won big races, and now um he is gonna retire and move over to um, they're going to flip roles now He'll be the tuner And uh, Dana Wilkerson will be the driver And uh, Philly makes a field goal to make it uh, But there's a flag there And then another flag There seems to be flags like every play uh, Yeah, so that's, you know, that's NHRA I'm trying to see what else If there's anything else that really kind of stands out um, uh, We will move forward here Um, NFL divisional round preview and picks. First game on the docket will be the Houston Texans going to the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the Baltimore Ravens were the uh, best record in the NFL. They destroyed the 49ers on Christmas. Uh, Mar Jackson's going to be the MVP of the league. Um, and almost a touchdown there good defense by uh tampa bay there but um cj stroud going on the road for a second playoff game they uh put up a they played really really well uh last saturday but can they go on the road and somehow or another make the upset that's the question and i don't know if that's going to be the case um It's going to take a lot. Baltimore's got the week off and they're rested. They got some, probably get some guys back. And, you know, they'll be able to kind of make some more adjustments to their offense. Todd Munkin and that offense, that defense has been one of the better defenses this whole year. Uh, So it's going to be a tough ask to go to Baltimore. Uh, And also, Houston being a, a dome team, having to play, I mean, they do play outdoors against. Uh, what is it? Two of the teams I'm trying to think, or yeah, two of the teams in their division are out, outdoor teams. But um, will uh, are they able to go and deal with the cold? I mean, D'Amico Ryan's. I'm sure that they'll be prepared, but can they handle the pressure personally? Unfortunately, I want I I would want Houston to win because of my rooting for uh. D'Amico Ryan's and for because EJ Stroud is such a dynamic player, but I think Baltimore gets the win there. uh Do you see anything different, Josh, or you figure Baltimore gets to host the AFC Championship game a couple of weeks time?
1: Uh, I don't think I see anything different. I think Houston. I think it could give them a a, a real real good fight, but I think uh the defense is going to hold through for. Uh, uh baltimore and um i i think uh you know cj has done a, done a really good job but you know i think uh he is down a couple of weapons you know mainly tank dell so um i'm gonna go with uh baltimore here i don't really think it's gonna be any other any other way uh different so yeah the ravens um uh, go out and, uh, I mean, the defense for Houston has been suspect at times throughout, uh, throughout the season. I mean, they definitely did good job against Flacco here. Uh, but you know, we have seen, you know, they gave up 30 points to the jets, uh, and everything. So, you know, that's one thing. Um, you know, they gave they gave up i mean the browns i mean granted stroud was hurt so maybe that was a factor but you know they did give up that game uh you know against the browns in the regular season in in um i mean i think it was in, in their own house but still um you know that's still pretty big uh, defensive domination there uh or um, letdown that they had in that one so and we know what lamar jackson can do um and it seems like he's just evolved uh to be balanced as both a runner and a passer and is uh, you know, learned how to take uh, when when he needs to run, but also extend the play, but uh, find the open man passing. So um, yeah, I think, I think uh, here for Baltimore, it's there, it's theirs to, you know, win. Um, but you know, at the same time, you know, they've been on rest for a week now and the starter has been on rest for two weeks. So um, I mean it's not gonna be easy, I think, but I think they're they're gonna pull it out. So, you know, they just have to, you know, play ball and you know, I think Harbaugh is gonna be motivated because his brother won the championship so in college, so he's gonna wanna go out and try to, you know, go and get the NFL championship in the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, and now you see uh stuff going on on the sideline for Philadelphia, uh Dallas Goddard going at Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts basically not having any acknowledgement of it. Um, Devontae Smith also, um, just absolutely, uh, just staring into the abyss, just doesn't know what to do. Uh, Jason Kelsey looks like a guy that's about to retire, even though he is talking to his, uh, coach there. But, um, Jeffrey Lurie does not look happy. And, uh, I guess the implosion, unless, uh, Baker Mayfield gives them the ball back, uh, and they score. Uh, Oh, man, that was a tight, tight window there, but he made that catch. Will they give them the first down to be determined there? But we'll see what happens with that. Second game, uh, the primetime game on Saturday night, will be the Green Bay Packers going to Santa Clara and uh, the Gene Field Uh, Levi Stadium to play the San Francisco 49ers uh, Coming off of a couple of weeks of rest Themselves uh, They didn't beat L.A. in Week 18 With a bunch of backups uh, But they're um, coming back here This week after time off For a good amount of this season They were the best team in the NFC uh, One of, if not the best team in the NFL too Uh, Brock Purdy is an MVP candidate and still should be. I honestly think Christian McCaffrey would be the MVP of the league, but they made it and they made it a quarterback award now. So I guess offensive player of the year is best he's going to do. Um, a lot of guys made the pro bowl. A lot of guys were all pros. There were some snubs on the 49 Nineers side. Green Bay's defense has been, Uh, I mentioned earlier they're not exactly considered one of the better defenses in the league. Oh, man, that was a big play, and they caught that one. So he's moved up. Uh, Mike Evans makes that big catch there. Uh, Big play, Slay gave up a big play just there. Um, And, uh, I mean, uh, can Jordan Love continue this run? Can the Green Bay Packers go and continue this run? A longtime rivalry over many years. Uh Bavra had and Mike Holmgren had the match over San Francisco outside of the catch game. Um with Owens, they um then with Aaron it kinda went the other way. San Francisco's been able to kinda hold over on Green Bay since with when Aaron was around, uh Raheem Mostert running for two hundred Whatever twenty yards and three touchdowns in the NFC Championship game. What is about was it five years ago? And uh, but Jordan Love he gets an opportunity here against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Mooney Ward one of the probably should have been an All-Pro at at defensive back, but they didn't put him up there. Uh, One of the best cover corners in the NFL, and they are just one of the best defenses and will they be able to advance it was been it's been a pretty ugly week for higher seeds but we talked about baltimore and uh for me and it's not a bias uh at all uh, i honestly do believe the san Francisco 49ers are have the things in place to go where they need to go which is to las vegas and um get the job done. So the first piece of that is to go and beat the Green Bay Packers on Saturday night, which uh, they will do, uh, in my opinion. But let's say you, Josh, in regards to that game.
1: I mean, I think it's going to be a tough game. You know, the Green Bay Packers, like we saw uh, in this last game against the Cowboys, they ran the ball pretty well. Uh, but you know, I, I think, again, the 49ers, I think, you know, they – uh, they got unfinished business with uh, what happened last year in the NFC Championship, and I think they, you know, really want to get back to that point. You know, obviously, Brock Purdy's put up a lot of numbers. You know, you can question whether he's really a system quarterback or, um, if he's, you know, for real and everything, but, um, you know, I think they, uh, I think they're a step above, uh, the Packers and, you know, every way. So, um, yeah, I think uh yeah, you know, as long as their offensive line can hold up in this game, I think they'll they'll come out okay and uh they'll come out with the wins. So um yeah, I think San Francisco goes out here, they win the game, and then they'll face whoever wins uh the Lions and uh, uh whoever wins this game here more than likely the Bucks. So we'll get into that in a minute, but that's uh yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well.
0: Yeah, and it'll be both of those teams on Saturday, the number one seeds coming off of the time off, if there will be any rust, something to look at, though. Uh, Both games should be interesting uh, with the teams that are coming in, young teams, uh, teams of the future in both the Houston Texans and the Green Bay Packers. Um, Right now the Buccaneers are driving. Mike Evans has made a couple of big catches uh, they're now inside of the 30-yard line with seven minutes to go. Yeah, Howie Roseman, somebody that should probably be getting sent to, uh, along with Sirianni. But um, the yeah, so that's going on there. Looks like Tampa Bay, uh, unless something crazy happens, is going to be moving on to play against the Detroit Lions in Detroit now tampa's had uh it's been it hasn't been pretty uh tonight by any means but in terms of uh their situation and with baker mayfield with mike evans and um, a lot of these guys that are on this team uh, the question is will they be able to keep up um uh, put up enough points against detroit's dynamic offense and all their playmakers jamison williams was someone who uh had a lot of big plays on saturday or i mean yesterday um in the game and he's a player who runs a four three forty and all that stuff and he's somebody who can get past the defense and there was times during this game right now still going on that tampa bay didn't seem to have a have any any answers for Devontae Smith. So uh, Jamison Williams has a lot of similar characteristics to Devontae Smith. Um running backs running game is more dynamic for Tampa Bay, albeit, you know, they're not exactly the most efficient running team. And um Detroit has a lot of momentum going on Jared Goff. He definitely wants to prove that he wasn't the issue uh as much as Sean McVeigh and Les Sneed made it made him out to be. Um they did get the chip though, so I guess it doesn't really matter if um it worked out the way they wanted to and they got uh they got what they wanted. Uh Slay looks like he's hurt there. So they're gonna probably go to a commercial with six eleven to go. Uh, Jason Kelsey still still going and Oh, something to do with his back there. So uh, Detroit at home uh, with a little uh, being able to stick around and uh, have time to prepare, looking at both of these teams, MCDC wanting to take his team to the NFC championship game uh, would be against the San Francisco 49ers based on our picks. And, Whoever wins this game uh, would have had a hard time against Detroit on best-case scenario, but Tampa, if they get past this, which it looks like they will, uh, it's a whole different bag of tricks to go against Detroit. Detroit's been able to make have some big wins. They did go and take a huge L to Green Bay on Thanksgiving. They did uh, get screwed against Dallas, uh, which is – would have given them the number two seed instead of the three. They would have ended up having to play Green Bay again if that had worked out that way. Um, but either way, I think Detroit gets the victory and advances to go to the NFC championship game, which would be uh, insane for Detroit's fan base. Um, well, I'll ask you, Josh, do you see anything different on that one?
1: No, I I have to. I mean, we're so far, we're good. I think the one we're going to end up. Um, getting different on is the Chiefs and the Bills. But yeah, I think this yeah, again I think the Lions probably should be the favorite here. Uh the Bucks, I mean, they done an admirable job here, but um, you know, they've they've had issues with their defense throughout the year. I mean, they do have a good run defense, uh, so but their pass defense is uh not quite on the same level. Um and defense um um or their offense I think up uh, for uh, Baker Mayfield, I think he's going to have have some trouble. I think going up against the you know very physical defense in the uh, Detroit Lions. So you know that's that's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to you know be the Lions advancing to the NFC Championship game versus uh, the Forty ers So uh, that should be an interesting one. But you know one thing I will mention, you know we talked about Jacksonville and their coaching search, and you know Detroit also was a team that reset after twenty twenty, and um, you know they traded away Jared Goff uh, and everything. And then, uh, you know, for, or, you know, they, they traded for uh, Jared Goff and gave away Matthew Stafford and everything and, you know, hired Campbell and their GM and everything. And, you know, they've had uh, their roster, you know, looks a lot like where where Jacksonville wants to be, I think. So, yeah, they made made a lot of good picks over the last three years, and you know they haven't spent uh, as much money in free agency. So they've they've done the draft and develop thing uh, very well. Whereas Jacksonville hasn't drafted and developed as much, uh, only in some positions, and uh, uh, they've spent a lot of money in free agency. And we'll need to retool the roster hopefully this week, uh, this uh, off season. So that's one difference there, and that's something I think that you know if you're the you know, part of the front office, whether you're bulky or shot con, I think you need to something you need to consider as as far as the the lions go. Uh, you know, as as they continue to go, so we'll we'll see how that plays out. But as far as this game, uh, yeah, I think think the lions advance here, and you know, they go would be it would be a shocking upset if they if they lost, but I think they go here to the uh the NFC championship.
0: Yep, and uh, with all of that, it leads to the box office matchup. Uh, one of the big rivalries, uh, so to speak, in the NFL, Kermit the Frog, Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chiefs, for the first time in his career, have to go on the road in a playoff game, and he will go against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Um, oh, he threw a freaking howl. He literally just threw that up for he just threw it up for grabs, and somehow or another, Chris Godwin caught that. That is insane. <laughs> they all got... They all got... Uh, shopping... They all got the shopping bags on their heads. The Philly fans are giving up. So this has been quite a weekend. Uh, for uh, fan bases that I think have bigger egos than they deserve. Um, Philly's getting fucked hard. Um, they're done. 32-9 uh, to nine now. Um, but... Buffalo and Kansas City um I've been uh, I've been going and talking about all these other ones but I figure I'll switch it up here since it sounds like we're going to differ here so um uh what are you thinking Josh in regards to this matchup again uh between two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL uh, and a matchup that we have seen many times over here in recent years 14 seconds uh where Buffalo thought they had it won. They were gonna host an AFC championship game and then Kermy went and did what he had to do and um ended up winning a, or, or no, they ended up losing to that that they ended up losing to Joe Burrow. So that was nice. Um but uh what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I mean I think for me, you know, what I'm thinking here is um if you look at I mean you got to look at their defenses I think first off uh, the Bills I mean they've got a lot of injuries on their defense right now their you know linebackers are injured and uh some of their d- defensive backs are injured so that might tilt the game back into um uh the Chiefs favor but you know the defensive line on the Bills is you know good I think and uh the the Chiefs um, you know I mean even though they had, had offensive problems this year, I mean at least in this past game, maybe it's because they went up against the uh the Dolphins and a finesse team, but you know it looks like uh Mahomes uh was able to you know take take the shorter throws and not saying that he doesn't, but um you know it was really from a you know what they've what they're known to do they they went and had a different game plan here, and they are also able to throw very aggressively, though, in those conditions. So, uh, you know, for Mahomes, um, you know, if he does more of what he did in this past game, I think they go back to the AFC Championship game. He'll be on the road again, so... Um, and they'll they'll go up against the, the Ravens, but uh, if the Ravens win this one. Uh, but, um, yeah, Mahomes in that matchup, I mean, it's going to be interesting with, you know, the kind of the cards stacked against him, as they have been all season, but, you know, could, could get, you know, interesting there. And then of course, the uh, okay. The bucks got another touchdown. So yeah, stick a fork in the Eagles there. So, uh, what a collapse, but, uh, uh, on the other end, you know, Josh Allen, I mean, in the middle of the season, they looked like they were on the verge of a collapse as well, but, you know, seemingly they've, uh, turned it around. I think they, they just started running the ball better. Um, and I think they finally found their balance. I think that's, that's what their problem has been is they just never had enough balance, uh, with Josh Allen and, you know, you'd go and do too much. So I think, you know, if he figures it out, you know, I think passing wise, it's, you know, it's going to be interesting. So, uh, and the chiefs, I think the chiefs have a better defense this year. Um, you know, they've again, you know, Legereus Sneed on the back end as corner and uh, Chris Jones, Carl uh, uh on the defensive line, linebacking core. So uh, Nick Bolton as well. So, um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting matchup uh, there defensively. And this might be more of a defensive game, I feel like, uh, than it has been in years past, like we saw earlier this year when the Bills came into uh, Arrowhead and defeated them. So um, it's going to be an interesting one, but. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Chiefs here. I I hate to keep picking them, but I think uh, you know I, I think they can go and uh, their defense is a little bit better than uh, the Bills are at this point right now. So uh, I think they they advance the NFC Championship uh, you know against the Ravens
0: as Dallas Goddard uh, lays on the ground looking dead after Slay had to get carted off the field. Um, and Dallas Goddard got a P.I. in the process, too. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, for me, I mean, I look at the momentum. You go and, uh, oh, he got hit low. That's what it is. And hyperextended. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a hyperextension there. They call that pass interference, I guess, because it's over past five yards. Okay. So he's walking off. Um for me I mean I lo- you look at momentum and the way that Josh Allen has played over the last 6 weeks uh he they yeah you got the you got the good the bad and the ugly and it could all happen in one game with Josh Allen but he was able to come through today and play within himself play a clean game nice simple a uh, couple hundred yards and uh, three total touchdowns and honestly at some i mean they've been the momentum has been uh has been there uh with them yes a lot of injuries for buffalo uh, that uh that has been an effect that has affected them but i also know that josh allen's there and um the bills mafia being able to be at home knowing they beat kansas city in kansas city Earlier in the season, albeit it took Kadarius Tony being a moron, but um, they they were there. They were in the mix. They seem to always be in the mix against Kansas City in general. So if it's gonna come down, I mean, one thing I do I am concerned about is their kicking game because uh, uh, today uh, their kicker didn't seem to be all that good. Uh, their punter uh, pulled a hamstring, I think, or a groin or something so that that was also a problem, uh, so their kicking game is uh interesting right now um We'll see how that works. Special teams when it comes to close games and you're talking about defensive battles, special teams is uh plays a big role, and Kansas City does have one of the better special teams but with even with all of that, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills at home. And uh, they would end up going to Baltimore for an AFC championship game. Um, Either way, I think the AFC championship game would be quite interesting uh, because of the quarterback matchup. Uh, But I'm going to say Buffalo there, um, personally. Uh, So we'll go while Phil picks Buffalo. So uh, three out of four games we both uh, picked the same. Say last year, last week, three out of six games uh, we picked the same. So we'll see what happens with that uh, next week. So now, um, Josh, let us know what's going on uh, in iRacing and uh, what you're going to be doing in regards to that here um, this week in uh, the sim segment.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, as we talked about at the top of the show, you know, did the uh, Open Wheels, or not, I keep wanting to say Open Wheels five hundred because that's where I saw it from, but uh, the uh, U.S. five hundred at Fontana on uh, iRacing, Race Spot TV uh, presenting the race, uh, two splits, uh, the top split of filled with uh, drivers that or i racers that compete in the you know highest level of i racing and of you know compete in multiple special events uh, and regularly compete in the broadcast uh split um, you know the very top split of uh, indie so um uh, was able to compete in that in second split uh you know ran in uh, some uh, good pack racing here at fontana um, uh, it was a very very open open setup so had to you know find something put something together and um it had a good setup i think on in terms of speed but uh handling i think you know being able to um because i i like to run the top at at fontana run you know run the high line uh keep the speed up there um but the uh the bottom line is like where you really need to go to to make passes and you know after a tire run as you got into a fuel run and um you know, the tires wore out, uh, started to get, I mean, I think it's characteristic of Fontana anyways, but it starts to get really treacherous trying to, to run the bottom, to make a move. And you can start to feel the car start to slide off of the corner, even in the middle lanes. So, um, you know, you had to be really conservative and kind of make your, your moves early on and kind of hope other people would kind of start to stumble. Uh, if they try to run the bottom, you could run the top. So, um, you know, that's, that's what my strategy was to kind of just stay at the top uh as long as I could and just ride that until the end but um lap 59 or yeah you know, they had a caution come out before that we had a restart in lap 59 and the cars in front of me started to stack up and you know I I was trying to time it so I could maybe make some passes on the bottom and also try to avoid potentially getting in, in a stack up. And so I went to the bot, uh, the inside on the restart, which you can't do, uh, you can't pass on the inside before it restarts. So I was also trying to avoid the penalty there, uh, before the start finish line. So I had to, uh, tap the brakes a little bit to try and, uh, you know, not get that penalty, but, uh, end up getting run into the back cause I think somebody else had the same idea and, ended up getting run into the back uh, of and then spun out and crashed in into the wall. So, um, that's okay. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's not, you know, like we're racing for a prize or anything like that, or had to pay to, uh, you know, be in this and everything. And, you know, um, first 500 mile, well, it wasn't a 500 mile race. It was a 500 K actually not a, a 500 lap. So it was a 156 lap race, but, uh, you know, first long distance indie car race in quite a bit, uh, and haven't really competed on this large of a scale, uh, in a while in terms of field size and, uh, just, uh, the platform that we're competing on with race spot broadcasting the race on YouTube. So, you know, uh, it was definitely hyper-focused, uh, for this one, but, um, and I could tell, cause when I stopped, I had a, a little bit of a headache for a bit, but, uh, um, yeah, just, uh, interesting, interesting race, you know, a lot of pack racing throughout, uh, that event. Uh, but tire wear was a factor throughout, as I talked about. So that was interesting. Um, would have liked to get in a scenario where we could have, um, had green flag pit stops, but I don't, I don't think they ever really came out to have any, uh, green flag pit stops, but, um, was running in the top 10. So, uh, or just on the, the edge of the top 10, uh, there. So, um, you know, would have liked to have been able to continue more, but, um, you know, that just made, I don't know, maybe my mistake trying to veer to the inside, uh, before the restart there, maybe could have just stayed patient and held my line, uh, and, you know, try you know, something, but, you know, it is what it is. So we'll just have to, you know, learn from that and move forward uh, as we go forward here on the iRacing season in IndyCar. So, you know, just glad, glad to be back on, uh, car. You know, with uh, I mean, we've been racing in the past since the you know uh, spot the license had stopped, but um, you know, on the official you know level, where now we get to actually run the IndyCar series uh, schedule and uh, you know run the Indy 500 and all that. Glad to have that back. So you know, that's what's important here uh, and everything. You know, no matter you know who won the race or who didn't win the race, um, you know, just having the ability to compete uh, like that on the in the game. Uh, I think that's important. And then also just, you know, for, um, outlets like race spot to, and other, you know, places just to be able to broadcast races on, on YouTube or wherever, uh, without worrying about violating the rules of, of the license and everything and having, not having a permission now that they can do it, they're free and they can, you know, have that. I think it'll help, uh, the platform and certainly, how maybe it'll help grow interest in into the regular IndyCar series. Uh, and you know, if people get interested in the sim IndyCar, they'll get re- interested in the real life IndyCar. So, um, yeah, that's that's uh, kind of the story there. Um, and everything is cool, cool to be on YouTube, I guess, for a little bit, even though it was just uh, bits and pieces there. So that's cool. So glad to be in that uh, and everything. So, uh, of course, also did run, run the regular iRacing IndyCar open or fixed oval series as well and ran at Pocono. So, um, ran there a couple times and had some good, good results there. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I did in sim racing this week or this past week. Uh, this next upcoming week is the Rolex 24, uh, on iRacing. I don't know yet if I'll do it. Uh, I haven't really gotten in connections with anybody, uh, um, and everything, and uh, I don't know what I want to do with my weekend yet, so um, yeah, it would, would be a commitment, and I would have to start practicing and everything for, for that this week, so if I do, so uh, I don't know yet if I will, but I'd have to find find a drive or something, and uh, been lo- I did look around, I mean, there's plenty of people that are just there for the fun of it, and, you know, are very, seemed very uh, friendly to beginners, so we'll see, but, um, you know, would, would have to set set aside some time to be able to do that. So uh we'll see. But yeah, of course I did stream uh this past week for that US five hundred. So I can maybe catch all the way up until you know where the crash happened, uh Twitch T V slash U C O two. So go on there and watch and go and watch the streams and everything. So uh glad glad to be able to be able to do that and, you know, be able to compete with other other people that are into IndyCar and uh, be able to compete on that level. So, um, yeah, of course, uh, as always, you know, Twitter, JP Huffine and of course, I already said the Twitch. So, um, you know, you can see all our hot takes there, see everything we have, uh, you know, see all the takes on football and, uh, you know, sports and everything like that. So, you'll know, go on there and follow. And then, of course, uh, uh, the YouTube page where we have everything. Of course, our video last week where we incinerated the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, on there at group share podcast yes, on YouTube go in there and subscribe follow our page so um of course this one will be up there and um we'll have we'll have evidence of whether or not we'll be right in our predictions so people people want to comment on there and say oh you're we wrong about this game or whatever i guess they could potentially comment on there but you know that's where our stuff will be at so yeah
0: go and follow our page there and subscribe as Jason Kelsey gets off the field he goes and I think that's his wife there It's pretty emotional. Everybody was going up to him. I think it peaks a lot. It might. I mean, I was pretty sure it was the end, but the way uh, Kelsey looked there right at the end, and uh, the emotion in his face, I think uh, it will be the end of a great career for Jason Kelsey, uh, one of the great leaders in in the nfl one of the great uh players in terms of being at the center position as well it's going to be an interesting off season uh for the philadelphia eagles a lot of change going to be taking place there as tampa bay gets to go to detroit baker mayfield going for 330 and three scores and um you know, great playoff performance, great second that says they had posted only the fifth or fifth quarterback, who was the number one overall pick to uh, win for two different teams in the playoffs. So that's uh, something uh, credit to Baker Mayfield wonder if Tampa Bay will go and give him an extension. Uh, that's something to look at for sure. You can find me at PG Matthew 28 on Twitter. You can find me at Philip G Matthew 28 on Instagram uh been on facebook a little bit more recently we'll see if i continue i'm trying to sell stuff on their bowling equipment Uh, hopefully can actually talk about bowling because it's been pretty shitty uh for a while this season our teams are the teams i'm involved on are not so good but um trying to turn that around got other things going on uh made six months Uh, it's sobriety so that's uh, last week so that was huge and um, continuing on that front and um, yeah always that's always great um, to have to be on and Josh and I going and doing this thing it's Uh, been a fun deal and we continue it over 200 episodes. So we'll be back next week for episode two Oh four preview the Rolex 24 at Daytona preview the championship weekend for the NFL conference championship weekend. And uh, what is it? Rally Monte Carlo will be up there. Formula E Uh, it'll be my birth. It's my birthday week too next week. So uh, leading up to that, and then another year around the sun. So we'll uh, get into all, all that stuff next week on the Gripshirt Podcast. So for Josh, I'm Phil. Take care. Thanks for listening and subscribing. Uh, let your friends know about or anybody who's interested in motorsports or football or whatever about this show. Uh, we'll let you know about all those different things here on the Gripshirt Podcast. So we will see you next time. Take care.